0: After doing episode one of Careering Out of Control, I spent some time really trying to decide how to t- top Tom Arbuthnot. Uh, and, uh, and then I realized, well, you don't have to kill him. <laughs> you just need to find another guest. So uh, so that's what I did. Uh, my, my next guest is Steve Goodman. Uh, Steve is a, a Microsoft MVP for Office Apps and Services. Uh, he's currently working as an architect at Content and Cloud. He's also somebody who's written numerous books across uh, across Microsoft Exchange and Office 365. He's a co-founder of the Microsoft Cloud User Group, which is MSCUG. He's a longtime contributor to the Practical 365 website. He runs his own podcast, which is all about 365 uh, with Jay and Steve. So I hope you enjoyed, And I really hope that we don't have to talk about killing Tom Arbuthnot not anymore. Okay. Hi Steve how are you doing? I'm good how are you? Yes very well very well thank you so much for coming on to the careering out of control podcast. Uh I'm uh, I'm very excited to have you here and uh, and uh, I'm sure you're you're just as enthused yourself.
1: Oh I absolutely am I've been waiting my whole life to join a podcast with you.
0: <laughs> although i was on your podcast last year uh from ignite i think it was
1: yeah that was a disaster but but we you know it, it wasn't our least listened to episode uh well, which is something.
0: that that's nice uh, and don't and don't beat yourselves up about the fact that you weren't at your best during that uh, so uh so, so yeah uh Right, so uh, welcome, as I said, to to my my podcast now, not not your podcast. So uh, yes, you know, just uh, just just bear that in mind. Uh, okay, fine. So, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit of, a bit about who you are and sort of, I guess, what you do for a living? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, my name is Steve Goodman, and if you don't know me, I've been a Microsoft MVP for I think nine years now, uh, and. In the day job, I'm a consultant um, and a Microsoft partner in the UK.
0: Okay, and and what does that entail?
1: Consulting. Yeah, well, it depends. To be fair, <laughs> um, it uh, my, my job is about twenty to fifty percent hands on um, still, um, but I've moved into a pre-sales team uh some time ago where some people aren't so hands-on and myself and, uh, and some of my colleagues do still do uh, a fair bit of billable work uh and primarily that's to keep your hand in um so you you really understand what you, you're doing but those will usually be microsoft 365 projects in particular areas that i'm skilled in, uh, rather than, you know, generalist thrown in uh, to, to everything. So uh, probably over the last couple of months, you know, exchange migrations to the cloud, Teams projects, uh, that sort of thing. But uh, I'm not an expert, say, in AIP or, or something like that.
0: Okay. And um, you're also a Microsoft MVP as well? Yeah. And have been for, what is it, 10 years now?
1: Nine years, nine
0: years. Nine, Okay cool and um does that does that interfere much with your day job obviously because that's a big community um commitment you have there um
1: well no so when i'm at work i do my work stuff and really the the mvp thing is more of a a hobby um i guess uh as they go because it's not something that I can spend, you know, all, all day doing. I can't really go on Twitter that much in the day. I can't write blog posts, um, but I can take time out occasionally. Um, you know, to, I'm joining you in the afternoon now. On my lunch well, break yeah, for you. for the podcast. But no, as as a rule, it, the two don't really massively meet.
0: Okay. Um. And so, how did you actually get? to where you are today, if you could sort of think back over the last sort of 10, 15 years of your career, yeah, w- what was the sort of the process by which you sort of got to to where you are right now?
1: Um, well, I've I've known you for some time now. Um, mm. When did we first, talk? was it, something like 2008, 2009?
0: I think it was around that time, yeah. Yeah,
1: and uh, I, I'd been in IT probably then when I first spoke to you, for about 10 years. And I'd went from uh, going to college, uh, I got jobs uh, that resulted in working eventually in an IT department and then a server team as a systems admin, and then um, as a senior engineer running that team. And uh, I, I didn't really want to just be at one place. Uh, I, I didn't really like going to the same place every day. I wanted to to move around a bit. I wanted to be able to do the things that I liked rather than having to do projects that might be upgrading a finance system that was less interesting to me or building out a virtual infrastructure. I was quite interested in exchange, Office 365. And actually you can't do that over and over again at the same employer. Um, But a great way of doing that is if you move to be a consultant, because then you get to really focus on some particular areas like what was Office 365 and exchange and and hone your skills. Uh, So uh, I think when I first spoke to you, I'd struggled to make that leap across, um, Mm. to do something that would give people confidence that if they took a chance on me, then I would be more than just um, somebody that was quite capable of of doing this inside internal IT to to moving into a role where I'd be more consultative. And, well, there was a few things that I had to do to do that.
0: Mm. Such as?
1: Um, I I think in in my job at the time, I was very much focused on the people around me, just, you know, the IT department. I was uh, less focused on what people needed in the business, so I wasn't really adept at engaging with the user community, and I, and that, by doing that, that helped me become a lot more consultative, it helped me get a bit out of my comfort zone, and, uh, you know, when, when you're working in an IT department with the same folks every day, it's very different to Uh, You know, seeing different audiences presenting to to people, uh, trying to understand what they need, their requirements. And and doing that part helped a lot. But probably the the biggest thing that I needed to do to sort of cement the fact that there was more to me than just what I was doing in my job at the moment was sharing my knowledge with other people, writing a blog, getting involved in stuff like that. I think by the time I moved, I was writing my first book. Um, about exchange and stuff like that. And those kind of things really sort of help move things um, on so that when I started interviewing with companies that were, you know, serious about, um, you know, saying there could be a job at the end of this, then it went from quite a sort of difficult conversation of trying to prove myself over and over again and hope that they'd take a a chance to I think my last interview where they said you know well if if what you've if you wrote what's on your blog then well you know you can obviously do the job you know uh when can you start
0: so so in terms of I guess takeaways for people at this stage it, it was looking to build up your people skills and those sort of softer communication skills, and then actually looking to to demonstrate your knowledge, you know, out there in a public forum so that people could kind of see see what you do for, you know, almost building that credibility online.
1: Um, Yeah, so it's, you know, if you're working in IT and you're not a developer and you've got devs and they're their own sort of area, there's a bit of crossover between the two. But there's a massive you know, most of IT are people working in uh, in some sort of systems admin, help desk, enterprise architecture, networks, all of those different kind of roles. Mm. And if you're a developer, then today you might have your your GitHub uh, that's going to show all your contributions, and it's that's your portfolio to the world. Yeah. If you're an IT pro, then well, your LinkedIn profile isn't you is in your portfolio really? Is it? No. Um, you might have a. It's effectively like a CV. It's projects you may have worked on, and we all know that CVs can be um, massaged.
0: massaged. Massaged. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've, I've employed people, and I've seen on their CV that they um, claim to work on worked on projects that I've uh, I've ran, and um, I've no idea who they were. They might have worked somewhere down the line, but their involvement has been massaged quite a lot uh, so uh, you know apart from your CV, what's your portfolio right and writing in-depth articles you know blog posts, getting involved with the community presenting at user groups that's the the, the best equivalent I could I could suggest for having some sort of portfolio that shows showcases your knowledge
0: but then obviously, a lot of people that are on the infrastructure side at the moment, they're using uh, GitHub for things like PowerShell. Um, yeah. Uh, so so there are some crossovers, some crossovers A- there.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's um, probably less PowerShell-only type job roles. Yeah. Um, but it, absolutely, you know, that there's, you know, I, I, I stick all my new code on there for, for PowerShell, hmm. um, you know, l- like anybody would. But it's, it's not the whole of me. I think if you're... If you're an IT pro, there's a lot more to you than just what you could code or, or script. There's the there's the thinking that you might have about how you might put together a system or the security aspects or the in-depth knowledge of configuring a particular technology or the way that you might approach and plan a, a project. Those are the kind of things that they're not going to be reflected in a, a GitHub repo, but they might be you know, more than enough for somebody looking for a developer to, to look at.
0: Mm. No, to- totally agree, and you know it's interesting. You mentioned your, you know, you've, you've written a number of books. I don't know if you know, but I've actually written one myself. Uh, have you?
1: Have you got a copy? Um, I don't have it to hand. Um oh, okay. mainly because I, I never
0: bought one. Um, <laughs> but uh, they were free on Kindle for a while, Steve. You could have just just saying it. Um, you? Well, you could have said something to- nicer. No, to, to be to be fair. No, I'm gonna move on to I, the next question, Steve. I'm just that's that's it. I think we're done. I've got your phone number. I can just phone you if I need advice. There you go. See, that's that's what it is. What is a career cul-de-sac TM? Um so uh you've uh how important then, you know, we, we've talked about sort of LinkedIn briefly there. How important is it, do you think, to have uh, an up to date LinkedIn profile, a presence on social media to your actual career? then
1: um i guess it's 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 probably pretty essential um i mean i i haven't been looking for a job for quite a while i've been quite happy where i am uh so i've never i I don't i don't think about it in that sort of way Mm. um but i know when i'm looking at candidates then i will i'm not interested in stalking them on facebook obviously but i am interested in you know what what they, what they might showcase on LinkedIn and have they got a LinkedIn profile and does that link off to their blog and stuff like that? Am I going to learn a little bit more about what they want me to see, you know, as, as their professional face? Uh, and that's, that's what I think LinkedIn works quite well as because I kind of expect that the days of, you know, old CVs, uh, on their own, are gone. And you do need to have something that's your front door to an employer, and LinkedIn is, you know, how you work with your customers, how I get to understand perhaps people I'm working with, you know, in the business, customers that that will connect with me. Uh, but I think if you're looking for a role, then it's it's also going to be the, the front door to you as an IT pro uh, for somebody that's not trying to find your blog and they they're trying to professionally. Just you know, get an idea what you do as your job, what you've done before, what other stuff you wanted to
0: share. See, I, I, I would say that the days of CVs are definitely still here. Um, we're we're a what fair way away from 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 that. Um,
1: yeah,
0: <clears throat> but I think I, I, I also think that that if LinkedIn is used correctly, it's a fantastic source for for getting a new job um, and actually becoming gaining some of that that sort of that celebrity status that that I think is important. Don't you know don't pull that people celebrity it's just, it's just, status. Just hold a, a face. Celebrity status with a small C, not like a, you know, like but I'm talking like in to become known for something in in an area um mm. by like-minded people. Um you know there there are those who who referred to me, uh, including yourself, Steve, as a celebrity recruiter? Um, it's a but joke. it wasn't me. No, no. Well, it, it may have been a joke, but but I've uh, no, I, you know, I, I took that to heart. I, um,
1: you know, uh, the- yes, I, I know you. you but yeah, I, I see. I see what you mean. Like, you, for example, on LinkedIn, you've done those twelve days of, of Christmas type things. Well,
0: twelve Fantastic. tips of Christmas. Yeah, two that's, years running. Yeah, you
1: know, and that, stuff like that is is good. It's content that's engaging and um celebrity is probably not the, the the word I'd use um because in you know well relatively speaking you know we're a sm- we're a small part of a small of a of a small industry mm-hmm. um so getting well known amongst your peers is is probably a, a better term because i think in a lot of these things especially people who are you know mVps that talk at conferences really you know we we want to engage with other people. It's not, but we want to tell other people things. So if you're going to be participating in conversations on LinkedIn, if you want to be a thought leader, then you've also got to listen to other people as well. Mm. And a uh, the, the celebrity or, or rock star, IT pro or those, those kind of like terms that people might, might use. Um, uh, you know that, that they're not going to apply to to many people. Uh They're because most of m- most people who are looking to further their careers rather than make a career out of I don't know be, you know being famous on LinkedIn if there was such a thing um, are, are going to do better are going to do better by using it as a means to better network with people and make connections, get to know other people, share knowledge both ways.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree. And when I'm saying celebrity, what well, I guess what I'm and and I would say that you, you know, you fall into that category of of being known. You know, you've you've only got to go back and look at uh Instagram, for example. Uh, and you've got you know, Instagram famous type type people that have got millions of followers for 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 God knows what they do. Um but yeah, and I think that the the same sort of um ideas can be can be applied to to building a career and actually then aligning you know your you as being known for something um and using linkedin uh, and social media to do that um so are you saying then that you don't think it's that important to uh i guess to 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 have a particularly strong profile on linkedin
1: i th- I, th- I think if you have a uh, that set of skills where you know you're good at social media you're, you're good at um uh, building up a brand then well you know that, that could be applicable all over the place and you know, perhaps you're really interested in model trains or something like that and you've got mm. you know a million people that are following your YouTube channel um, then perhaps you you know you've got a great set of skills that you might then apply to your career uh, but not you know not everybody has that and just sharing knowledge over a long period of time will will build that up. Uh, but it's not guaranteed, and you can't set out with an intention that 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 will happen. However, you can genuinely try and share your knowledge, share with other people, listen to to, to what other people say by getting in c- conversations on tech communities, LinkedIn, and places like that, and then you will build up friendships with people like you would if you were involved in any sort of community. And those are the things that you could, you know, by genuinely engaging are likely to actually happen. And then that profile is is likely to to come. Um, but I I think if you set out with the goal of doing that, then unless unless you're sort of skilled in that area um, and already talented at uh, building social media platforms, you know, you might be better placed to be a, a marketeer than than work in IT. I
0: think everybody has it's an interesting point. I think everybody has the capability to to do the basics on 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 a platform like linkedin um because it is entirely based around marketing yourself um, and creating almost like a mini marketing site um i think there's often a question of why you might want to do it um you know and because because you you know you said yourself you've not been looking for a long time people only come to the market occasionally you know three four years at a time and, and they might not see the value of linkedin
1: um, sort of- and I think the problem is if if you approach it at that point, then it's not really going to work very well. You know, if you if you're thinking of of moving jobs and then you suddenly start posting every day, then you're probably not going to get the desired effects. But if you're you know regularly writing blogs and stuff like that, or, or sharing new articles and your take on oh, what Microsoft's latest releases for Teams, then you you're probably probably going to be in a better position if you do need a job because you'll you'll already have built that sort of following quite gradually because you know as as you said there's the basics are hard which is just share consistently and often um, and try and actually make sure that you're sharing something useful
0: yeah well hence the hence the reason for this for this podcast Steve Uh, so I think one of the things that you and I have talked about in the past is is work life balance how, yes. how important is that, um, do you think, when it comes to, um, to, to I guess, career choices? Because everybody's got, you know, a career is personal to somebody, and everybody's got yeah. a different view of what it is that, that it should be. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I, I mean, it, it does depend on what you want out of life. So like me and you, you know, we, we both are lucky enough to have families, all right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's quite important to me. So that's that's more important the you know than anything else. That's why I get out of bed in the morning. Um, because the kids are screaming and, yeah. and my mm-hmm. wife's saying, get out of bed, Steve. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't I can't say I can't talk about this serious stuff with a straight voice without making a stupid joke. Sorry. Um, but you know, it's is important. And I, I think when I moved jobs, uh, I worked at university and that was that that was not the best work-life balance because you know any system admin is going to take their, their work home with them and if something goes wrong then you just stay with it until it's, it's finished um but on the, the other side then you get long holidays you know i think i got something like a, a month off paternity leave or something crazy like that nice. um so when i when i moved uh, to become a consultant then then you're suddenly on the road a lot more staying in hotels and soon into that that job i, I was chatting to somebody um and he was uh chap in his his 50s and he he really you know it's one of those moments where we were just having a chat and he he really regretted missing the kids growing up because he he's been doing that job for so long and a lot of that was living out of a, a suitcase and had missed all the good bits. Yeah. Maybe not all of them, but you know, he hadn't been there for the school plays. He hadn't been there to pick up the kids. And uh, it, there's so many stories where people have missed out on, on those kind of things. Uh, I don't know if you've you ever seen the up series where,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. And you, you see some of the things that they say later in life, they, they regret putting their career first. Um, You know, uh, so, so someone in that said no one wants to be the the richest person in the graveyard or something like that mm. and you, you want to bit you've, you've got to find that balance of being able to provide the life that you desire for your family or so you can pursue you know, the hobbies and do the things that are important to you in life versus the the job itself and I think there's always some kind of a trade-off between the two and the, the sooner that you can work out what that is, the, the better because you don't want to you know, retire and think I could have done so much more. And in the flip side, you don't want to miss out on the the most important things in, in life. And to me, I, I feel like I've got the the best of both worlds because even prior to, to this year, I get to spend a few days at home and I get to be, you know, it's rare that I stay away uh, from work uh, for work. So I, 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 I always thought I've got a pretty good balance. You know, I'm not on site for weeks on end. Um, and I get to maybe two or three days uh, a week at home. I can do the school runs on occasion. I can sometimes take out time to to do the sports day and, and stuff like that. And that that was important to me. So you know, I, I wouldn't take a job where I live in the Midlands and I was in London every single day. Yeah. Um, and I, I know other people do that. And you know if it works for them, I'm definitely not saying that they're doing the wrong thing.
0: no i I, I agree. I mean I, I, we were talking about this in the the, the, the prep call that we had um, that you know in my current role, I get the flexibility to work from home or kind of wherever I want actually um, and that was yeah. one of the main reasons that that I took this role was because my son couple of years ago, who was six at the time, turned around and said, well, I don't feel like I see you anymore. And, you know, Mm. I was out the house at 20 to 7 in the morning, getting home at 8 o'clock at night, Monday to Friday, uh, and just seeing my family at at weekends. And actually, I think, you know, I'm 43 now. And I think, you know, at my stage in life, um, I want to be spending more time with my family. Um, And actually, you know, lockdown aside, I feel that I've been as productive you know, in terms of my role, just just by having that extra flexibility, in fact, more more productive at times than when I was sitting on a train commuting up to London and working in a centralised office. Um, yeah, with dozens of other recruiters.
1: We, when when you're looking to make a change of of the type of career in IT that you have, uh, I've I've spoken to to people who have you know, maybe been interviewing for a job in one of my teams at the the time. And that was their worry that, you know, they were signing up for long weeks away from home. Mm. And that's not always the case. You know, there's this, you know, that sometimes it's not the, the job itself. It could be the way that a particular employer is. Um, so, you know, that can be a a fear, uh, that people have, but is is unfounded and they might, you know, go and speak to one potential job, um, you know, there's interest in taking them on, and then they say oh, it's not for me. I'm, you know, they, they say it's eighty percent travel, uh, or it's hundred percent travel, and uh, maybe I should stick with with, with the job I know. Mm. Um, perhaps if they'd, you know, went for a couple more um, discussions about jobs, they'd have found a similar job doing something they absolutely love. But it could be fifty you percent know, travel, um, or they find that actually it's you know one week away out of six. Uh, and the rest is at home or popping into the office, you know, once or twice a week. And that, that you know, that's a common misconception where it can always be very scary thinking about what's next. Uh, and you know, whenever you think about taking the, the next big leap in your career, you think, well, you know, if they're going to pay me more money, then they're going to want more out of me. Mm. And it, it could be that actually you... Your skills are just more valuable. Doing something different, they don't necessarily need more of you as a person, more out of your time. They don't need you to be away for weeks on end or or, you know, or working evenings. There's yeah. there's very it, there's not so many jobs in the UK where you're expected to work sixty hour weeks or have to put in that much extra effort unless you really really want to.
0: No, I I agree. I think you know we I recruit across a large number of of consultancies and Microsoft partners, and some have got Monday to Friday. You're out on on the road as and when. This is obviously Um, pre-COVID. And, you know, others are much more, you know, well, it might be a day here, a day there. I think a lot of it depends on, I guess, where you are in your career as well. Because if you're more sort of doing as opposed to talking or architecting, then there may be, you know, more requirement to be on site to actually get things done. Um, Yeah, but... But yeah, no, absolutely. So, so if if you could give a one or two sort of pieces of advice to someone as to you know how they could uh, either level up their career or kind of take take a bit more control of of where they are, um, what would that be?
1: Um, before you are even starting to think about you know changing your career. Um, Get, get more involved with with communities um you know like user groups um starting your own blog there's not a lot to lose by doing that it's a it's a good way of, of helping you get some motivation to learn uh, because it's it's really it's, it's really easy to set yourself learning goals um, but it's really hard to achieve them uh, if you're planning to to write a blog about it so you want to learn about it? Maybe then you do it, um, and, and then you write about it. Then you've got a you've got a goal at the end because it's it's really difficult for for you know for everybody unless they've got the time um, spare to just learn about something for the sake of it and perhaps never use it. Uh, blogging, speaking at user groups is a, a good way of setting yourself goals for learning um, about small things that will help build that big vast amount of knowledge that you might need for your for your next job um it's a good way of i guess you know had you eat an elephant is that the right phrase <laughs> i got that completely wrong um but
0: well, you there, know, there's you, more than one way there's more than one way to skin a horse rather than shaving it with a table knife i think is that was that that's along those sorts of lines isn't it um, yeah. Uh, as in you, you know you can take it
1: piece by piece small we baby mm. steps one at a time and uh, and that's that's a good way of doing it because if you if you're going to write a blog on something then you're going to need to learn about it in a bit more depth and you can set yourself a target that's not too tough and you can say in a couple of weeks i'm going to do this blog and then you do another one after that and you take some of your spare time and 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 do that and i think that you know fundamentally. This is what what most people do. I don't I I don't know of people that spend their their day at work doing that. Some people do think that maybe, you know, bloggers and stuff like that do, but I don't know of, of any that that could. Um, you know, people like Jason, who I do a podcast with, he won't be able to write blogs and stuff like that in the day. Um, nor nor can I. So it is a bit of your own time to do yeah. this. Um, but it's it's you know, it's it's less time than people would think. And it pays back in, you know, in different ways. So sharing that, learning about stuff, then sharing with others and doing that consistently, you know, before you're thinking about the next change to your career is, is going to be helpful because, uh, right, if we, we first started talking in maybe 2008 and I was, you know, a bit unsure of where to go, I didn't move jobs for three years after that, right? No. So, it, it, you know, it takes some time. So start doing that now. And it might be that it actually just you know helps you get a promotion internally or, or um, just m- makes you better at your existing job but it might be that actually it, it is the thing that that helps you change your career
0: yeah so just to recap on everything um, doing uh, committing to learning and then actually writing about it to share that knowledge is is one yeah. thing. Um, from a personal perspective, working on your people and your uh, communication skills um, to to help you um, sort of increase that that ability to uh, connect with people as part of as part of the job.
1: Yeah, and speaking at a user group is a great way of doing that. And I, I you know, I, I say that because that's um, where I tried to get started before talking at conferences and, and stuff like that. And I, you know, I'm quite shy. Um, and introverted. So I found that quite difficult uh, as a, a first sort of step. But everyone there wants you to do well. Everybody, you know, as long as you know your stuff to a reasonable <laughs> degree, um, then you're going to do okay. And, pe- you know, it's a small group of people who are mostly as shy as you are, uh, who also want you to do well and are also there because they, you know, that they, most of them would like to also network with others and get to know other people in the industry everyone's there for the same sort of reasons so it's a welcoming kind of crowd it's they, you know they're they're usually not clicky and all that kind of stuff and if you're looking to dip your toe into doing something like that and improve those kind of skills then it's it's not a bad start as well because it's a, a good way of of getting talking to everybody in the room because you know your people will come and ask you questions at the end it's a good way of, of getting to know other people uh, and overcoming some of those sort of fears uh, and if you can if you can talk to a user group about a topic for 20 minutes then you, you're probably well set to be able to run a, a workshop with a customer or something like that if yeah. that was what you needed to sort of skill up to be able to do yeah
0: so yeah, I i've i've uh spoken at got half a dozen user groups up and down the country over the last few years. Sa- same talk, doesn't change. Uh, just yes. just change the front bit, you know, to make sure I'm in the right place. Uh, but I hate PowerPoint. Um, but certainly that that for me has made a massive difference to to my career, you know, being able to yeah. actually stand up. And I've never been backward in coming forwards when it comes to those sorts of things. But um, at the same time, it is really, it has really helped my career by actually going out, meeting people in, and sharing my knowledge around okay how do you actually get another job um so i would personally recommend it to anybody um you know just give it a bash because you know you don't need to be a phenomenal presenter you've just got to be passionate i think about what it is you're going to talk about um yeah and And those
1: things those things come with time as well and you know you don't need to to watch a, a youtube video on how to present like steve jobs or something like that um to to be uh to to become that you can you know you can just make your own style uh and as you say as long as you know what you're gonna say you know if you if you're passionate about a topic and you know it well and then you put some structure to it then you're probably going to be fine um but i'm probably the first to admit that um you know when i first started doing stuff like that i was not great
0: mm. And have you come? Have you come a long way from there? Then, do you feel?
1: I'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when I've when I've talked to people about um, pre- presenting sessions at conferences, and they've been nervous, especially if it's a big conference, um, you know, I, I point out uh, some of the first sort of Microsoft conferences I I talked at maybe you know six years ago or so, and um, and play them, you know just just watch this bit and they're like yeah that's great i'm like well i completely forgot what i but i forgot the name of my session at that point because i was no one could tell no one knew i was nervous but because i was a little bit nervous uh it's my first ever conference um well my first ever like microsoft conference uh, that i was speaking at um I, i i could my mind went blank in the first 10 seconds and no one knew, right? You know, everyone thought it was was, was great, I think. Um,
0: I always find a, a comedy, said, like, a comedy in, trip fun. in those moments really helps, you know, just fall yes. over. People go, oh, and then you stand up and you, you're just like, yeah, <laughs> I, just, I did that on purpose. That,
1: that's it. I mean, it, it happens. It happens. Uh, you know, some of these season presenters at the, la- the last in-person Ignite last year, uh, one of my colleagues went to see a session and they said that the lady fell off the stage. <laughs> and you know, so if, you know – it if some you know grand you know microsoft employee out of redmond um, can get back up on the stage and finish their session uh, then you can probably speak to a room of 20 people who are all a bit like you and are, are going to clap whatever you do mm-hmm. uh, you know so you, you can do it as well and that, frankly
0: mo- most people don't actually pay attention to what i'm saying anyway so you know it turns out <laughs> so that's that's all most people don't actually pay any attention to what i'm saying anyway when I'm talking no. on those, Steve. So, you know, that's uh, it's both hurtful and reassuring. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yes, uh, Steve, thank you so much for for coming on on the the the, the my, my podcast. You know, my this this one's my one that now. Uh, and Uh thank you for has having been me on. Well, no, thank you. It has been uh, as always uh, a, a, a wonderful chance to interact with you. In uh, well, my coffee the- cup's empty, so it's time well. to go. There you go. That's your podcast. Catch you next. Oh, yes. yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. Get your Radio Steve voice off. Right. So, um, (laughs) welcome to the All About 365 podcast with me, Steve, and me, Jay. So, uh, right. So what I will do (laughs) is, (laughs) he's never coming on the show now. He's never coming on the show. Right. Uh, what I will do is, uh, is I will leave you to it. Thank you so much. Uh, and, um, and uh, yeah, don't 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 send me anything rude through the post, if that's okay.
1: Uh,
0: I won't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but you did promise to send me some jam. I'm going to send you some jam.
0: I will send you some jam Sooner, as soon as I've made it. You will have jam before Christmas.
1: Yes, if if nothing else, if if this chap gets you your, your new job, ask him to throw in some jam because it, he actually makes really good jam. And I was really disappointed when it ran out, and I went to the farm shop trying to buy something similar because it was that good. I'm not sure what you put
0: in it. Um, I mean, so bouncing off the wall for days. There you go. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's you can't you can't buy it over the counter. Let's uh, let's just say that you know a dash of inspiration. Mm. Uh, a, a twist of excitement you know that's just that's just working all right it's it? going well now yes <laughs> all right cool a... <laughs> right uh we will uh we will speak again soon thank you steve uh and uh and that's it that's the end of the show say goodbye steve goodbye bye so over the last uh 20 years or so uh, i have spoken to as part of my job i've interviewed tens of thousands of people. And I've spoken to senior people, I've spoken to junior people, people whose careers are on the way up, people whose careers are on the way down. And I think that that what has become apparent, certainly to me, is that there are certain steps that you can take if you're looking to take control of your career. And what I would like to do at the end of each interview is just go through that person's experience that we've just heard and actually then start pulling out, uh, and I guess in a a sort of analysis, uh, the kinds of things that they have actually done. So the five steps, I believe, that will help you take control of your career are, first of all, knowing what it is that you want. Now, that could be an overall career plan, or that could just be knowing that that the next role you wanted to get into is is X. Deciding how to get there, and then coming up with uh, some steps that you can do that will actually move you forwards Is the second thing, figuring out how you're actually going to get there. The third thing is going the extra mile. Now that could be throwing yourself into training, that could be um, putting yourself forward for projects, but actually making it happen yourself. The fourth thing is finding your tribe. Now that's a bit of a weird way of saying, find the people that are really keen and passionate about the things that you are. Find them, Talk to them, so go to user groups, go to meetups, um, and and actually start getting to know these people and building your network in that space. And finally, show your experience. If you're looking to move into a new technical area, if you're looking to move up into a new role, people are gonna wanna see that you can actually do that. So that could be through blogging, vlogging, that could be speaking at events. There's all sorts of things that you can actually do. And so when we look at what Steve has been doing, So he came up with his plan, and then uh, he started going the extra mile. He started training. He started uh, putting himself out there, and perhaps making himself uncomfortable, uh, which is something which is a bit of a theme actually uh, with a lot of people. Moving out of your comfort zone uh, into into something else allows you to to grow, but it's it's never it's never that pleasant in terms of. Uh, finding his tribe, finding his people. Steve started going to user groups um, and actually then contributing to them uh, as well as, as contributing and writing and I guess moving to, to that point of showing your work. Uh, he was someone who who has always been a prolific blogger. And since then, he's, uh, he's also uh, established his podcast uh, and contributed to um, platforms as well, including Practical 365. Um, also obviously founded the uh, Microsoft Cloud User Group. Steve had actually been very focused on kind of all five of those things. First of all, he identified that he wanted to start specialising and he wanted to be doing more project-based work, uh, and that that was his his overall goal. And when he started breaking it down and figuring out how to get there, one of the things that he really needed to do was was work on his uh, interpersonal skills. That was to move from an, an end client, end customer environment into uh, a role which was which was more consulting and more more people-facing than than I guess back office. That coupled with uh, the fact that he has written a, a number of books uh, longer longer books than possibly mine, but uh, but, but no less interesting, um, means that when he did come to move out of the uh, university environment and want to, to move more into consultancy, he had actually, uh, a number of things that he could show uh, potential employers to show that actually he, he did know his stuff and, and he had that capability and looking at steve's career steve's career again is is fairly typical of someone who's ended up in his position he started out in an internally facing role and then moving forward he he made that transition for, away from support into more project-based work and then as part of that uh, moved from doing primarily project deployment into a mix of design architecture and and deployment. So a bit of design and hands-on experience. And then from there moved into a a pure hands-off type role. And as such, he's ended up um, in in a very senior position doing a mix of strategy, architecture uh, and design. So there you have it. So thank you for listening to uh, my podcast. It has been wonderful. I hope you got to the end anyway. Uh, If you want to listen to any of the other ones, you can go to uh, careeringoutofcontrol.com. You can subscribe there. You can also listen to uh, this podcast on pretty much any of your your favorite podcast uh, stations. So uh, I really hope that you will join us again. Thank you.